This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning radio program. It's my pleasure to have once again my friend, Apostle Don Beasley, a senior pastor of Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. I welcome uh, Don back to the Warning Radio program. Hey, I'm glad to be with you, Dr. Hanson. Well, How it's, are you doing today? It's, oh, I'm doing great. Uh, how about you? Really well, thank you. Is it cold out there? Yeah, it, it, was, it was frost on the pumpkin today. It's uh it was down to about 20. <laughs> you know, when, when you had, I can't remember when, when you had us out there, my wife and I, and uh, I remember there was snow on the ground. Yeah. yeah. We don't have any snow, but it could come any day now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, had, we had a great time uh, with you and your, your wife and your church, a wonderful church. So, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'll put a plug in. If you're ever in the area, Dixon, Illinois, uh, Turning Point City Church, Apostle Don Beasley. He's a true Issachar, uh, doesn't compromise, speaks the truth, will give warning, give you direction, because we're in very dangerous, unprecedented times. You need to be under a true Issachar. So, again, Dixon, Illinois, Turning Point City Church. Now, Don, uh, I read on Facebook where uh, your wife had quite an experience, uh, uh, you know, Walgreens, blood pressure. Why don't you give a, a, a little explanation of that? Uh, so the other day we were sitting there and uh, she got a phone call on her phone from and it, Walgreens pops up on her phone. And so she picks up the call and there's a, a woman on the other end of the line and uh, says that she's with Walgreens and whatever. And so she starts asking her about if she's, taking all of her medications, like, you know, are you taking this? Are you taking this? Are you taking this? Which my wife thought was kind of a strange call. She's never had a call like that before. And, uh, so she's, and then the lady wanted to know, started asking information. Like she wanted to know when her birthday was. And then she asked her what her social security number was. And my wife wouldn't give it to her. And she said, who are you again? And the lady goes, I'm, I'm from Walgreens. I'm from, you know, I'm, calling you about your stuff. And <clears throat> and so then she moved on to next to her, uh, ask her if she wanted to, first she said, you want to uh, uh, make a, an appointment to get the back, to get your COVID vaccine. And my wife goes, no, I'm not interested in getting a COVID vaccine. And I'm not, I really am, am not interested in talking to you about it either. The lady goes, well, well do you mind showing me what your vaccination status is? And my wife goes, 
I, I thought I made it pretty clear uh, to you already. And, she, and so then she told her, I, I'm, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then she just uh, hung up, you know, hung up the phone. But uh, it was pretty strange call. Wow. Well, it's getting it's getting quite uh, frightening. Many states out there are really coming uh, basically under dictatorship, tyranny. I mean, it reminds you of flat-out communism or Nazism uh, in the past, uh, in the present in some of these countries like Russia and China. But uh, where is our constitutional rights? Where's our individual freedoms? Don? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that somehow, I don't know that we've actually been teaching people, uh, you know, about the Constitution, and there's there's been a group of people in our government for a long time who think that the, the Constitution is an outdated document that should be done away with, and uh, and I think they see they see this time that we're in right now as an opportunity um, to do that. I mean, they you just look at the lockdowns and the assaults of rights on people over the last two years. And people really haven't stood up to it. You know, they've just kind of laid down. And, and then a lot of times when I'm talking to people, they don't even know they have constitutional rights in these areas. It's, it's amazing to me how many people don't know the Bill of Rights or, you know, the basic rights that were given to them in the Constitution by God, the creator, not the government. And what they really don't understand is the, the, the Bill of Rights was written to protect the individual from the government not to protect the government from the individual. Well, totally. And and so people, I think our rights are going to, we'll have as much rights as we stand up for, and we'll have as much backing as we demand. The one thing about the American experience, and so much different than the rest of the world is, is that we can't let them, we have this document. It is the, the document of our courts and everything that goes by that. And so, uh, I think people are really starting to wake up to it. I see a lot more resistance now than I saw even even like six months ago. People are just saying no to all kinds of stuff. I mean, I go to Walmart. They have, we have mask mandates here right now. But I go to Walmart, and a year ago, uh, you would have been, uh, you didn't have a mask on, and the people, they, they cuss you out right in the middle of the store. And uh, now you go in there and, probably only a quarter of the people have a mask on. So there's a lot more resistance right now. Well, you're, you're absolutely, Which I think it's a good, a good thing. Yeah. It's a, it, it, yeah. Only, only the people, only actually the church can stop. Uh, if we want to say the tyranny, the toppling of the United States of America, only the church, the church created it, the black robe brigade, the, the, the American revolution led by the church, and only the church can rise up and give us freedom again. Uh, right. Life, liberty, and property. And if the church fails, if the church fails, we're coming under tyranny. We're going to be persecuted. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that people fail to realize when you read the Constitution, these inalienable rights are given to us by God. And so if you remove the belief in God from America, the Constitution becomes obsolete. Uh, people don't understand that. I don't, I don't think that if you remove God from our the concept of who we are, it, it always going to be replaced with something. I mean, if you, I, I get a, a kick out of people who say they don't believe in God, but they believe in deity some form, even if it's the government, or even if it's just themselves. They believe that they themselves are the deity, or that the government is the deity, or that some other thing is the deity. And so I, I, 
I, I love to have conversations with them who don't believe in God because I back them into a corner and tie them up with their own words. And then they find out that the God that they believe in is so small uh, that uh, it's incomprehensible that you could believe the way you believe. But it's just, I think it's interesting what's happening and, and, and I see it in, you know, people talking about, you know, I, I keep trying to teach our people, you know, be careful with fatalism. If you read in history and whatever, the people that, that buy into fatalism, this is the end. Once that happens, you lose the motivation to do anything. And I think the church, we have to be careful that we inspire the church to rise up and to do like I about maybe uh, it was right after the election in 2019 or, or yeah, 20, whenever it was 2020, it was right after the election in 2020. And I went away for a couple of weeks uh, down to Florida. And so I was having, we were having these prayer calls that we were having in our organization and this, and so I was going in this little closet in our, in our condo because we had a, our grandkids and stuff around so I could get quiet so I could get on this prayer call. But at that time we were having them every day and, uh, for an hour. And then one of the calls that, that they, it was, it was a, you know, it was tough time during that period of time. And, um, I remember the Lord said to me that, and I, and I shared this on this phone call, that he already has, he already had a, uh, people in place in high levels, um, just, uh, uh, and they needed to be prayed that they could spring the trap that had been laid on the people that have laid the trap against his people. Uh, like many of the stories of the Bible that, that we know about, you know, like Mordecai and Esther, I already have them in place. And I think that there's some people that believe like Esther did, that because she was the queen, she would be not be um, executed. But Mordecai made it very clear to her that you alone would not survive because you are a Jew. All Jews will be executed. And he said, who knows if it was for this time you're born. And I think that when we talk about remnants and whatever, that's a remnant needs to always understand it was for this time you were actually born on the planet to be here for this time, to be a to be a salt and a light, a preservative, and somebody to show the way to those who are in darkness. And so I, I've been praying ever since then to, to try to stay away from this fatalism and to realize that God's never caught he's never caught off guard. He's never caught you know, like they trapped God and he can't get away kind of thing so that we can continue to speak hope into people that builds their faith to realize that though we may seem small uh, right now, we don't seem like a majority. And I think probably the, one of the biggest things is that we just don't know each other. I think there's a whole lot more of the remnant church in America than we recognize or know. We're just not connected well so that we don't know them in other places. And so we're like, but I believe there's remnant, powerful remnant churches, unknown, you know, faceless, nameless people all over the country. And my prayer is, it's for, and then I believe they're in high positions of power, even though we don't recognize it or know that. And I, and just like when Haman had the gallows, you know, this trap was sprung. And this is what I've been praying is that this trap that these people have laid, 
to take down God's America, God's creation. As the remnant church returns to God with all of his heart, God would spring the trap from the highest levels to cause the mess they've created for others to come back on them um, in a massive way. It's because what was really interesting about the gallows of Haman, when you go back and you look at it, Haman was Agag's, was King Agag's heritage that Saul didn't take out when he was supposed to. And that's what happens when we don't do right at one time. It comes back multiple generations later to wipe us out. And so that's, and I think we're experiencing that very same thing right now, this communism that was allowed to stay in this country back in the 30s and 40s and 50s has now come back. We wouldn't take it out back then, you know, with the whole McCarthyism and all that stuff like that. Now he looks like a prophet rather than a crazy person about what's going on in our country. Now we're faced, now we have these people at the highest levels of our government. And so we need to pray for God to spring the trap so the trap they have laid for the enemies, which is, which is godly people, would cause them to swing from the gallows. Haman built seven, gall- seven gallows. I don't know who they were for, but it was him and all of his progeny hung on them. And his line was wiped out forever. Amen. And uh, so that's, that's how I've been praying. I don't, I don't have a fatalistic, fatal, fatal for them, but not fatal for us. Well, let me tell you, I don't have a fatalistic view either. I mean, I'm more energized, more on fire, more determined, more ready to swing the sword, Don, than ever. I'm, I'm, kicking, I'm kicking off Eagles Saving Nations, which is going to sweep America and sweep stadiums and nations. And uh, I'll, I'll go into that with you uh, privately because I want you to be a part of it. But uh, let me tell you, I, I just spoke to our staff and our staff service and families and on total victory, total victory. And uh, I'm energized. I think like you do. We're yeah. going to see more yeah. of the miracles, the power of God than we've seen in the history of mankind. It's, it's all there to explode. Sure, revival, oh, revival is, is on the scene, which is repentance. We're going to see the greatest miracles. We're going to see, if we want to say, the greatest persecution. But I am not, again, afraid. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know the power of God. I know angels are around me. And I expect total victory. Done? Absolutely. I, I, I agree totally with you. I think we're going to have to have a little bit of a, we're going to have more of a warrior's mindset to be able to deal with this these days. Um, I, I, I teach, I've taught our people for a long time that the church is, we got the fivefold ministry and we talk about that, you know, a lot, you know, but the church is actually a fivefold deal. Cause when you start off in the beginning of, of faith with people, uh, what happens is God has a temple. He has a temple built and around the temple. So there's a temple and, and then the temple is built around the name, which is a family. Uh, so the church is a temple and then it's a family that's built around the name. And then it's, uh, th- th- then the next thing that happens is, you know, you have to have educational centers for, to teach people, whatever. So it becomes a training center or school. You see a lot of that whole thing about rabbis and schools and that whole thing throughout all of biblical history. Um, and then it becomes because broken people that are caught up in sin are broken people. And then it becomes a hospital where broken people come to be healed. And then the fifth thing it is, is an army. And we, 
we tend to take the church, we tend to gravitate towards one of those. We're going to be a temple. We're going to be a family. Uh, we're going to be a, a school or education center. Or we're going to be a hospital that reaches and saves people. Or we're going to, or we're going to be the army. And the reality is, is that we don't get to be either one of those. We have to be all of those at some point in time. Totally. Totally. And I think we're moving out of a hospital. We've been through a serious educational time. And we've been through a serious hospital time where we've been ministering, healing broken people through evangelism and whatever, getting people saved, you know. But now it's time to grow people up to realize that we're actually there's a warfare that has to be fought. Um, and it takes a different kind of mindset to fight warfare than what we've had before. Oh, totally. And, uh, so I'm totally agree with you. I mean, I, <laughs> I tell people all the time, I was bored for times like I was bored for this, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I can tell you an interesting story, though, that that's about this mindset, if you'd like me to. Yeah, go ahead. The uh, I had a dream. Uh, it was about uh, maybe seven or eight months ago now. I don't remember the exact date. And it was uh, it was uh, the weirdest thing I ever dreamed. I dreamed they came into my church. Five guys came into my church, took me out, put me in a truck, in the, in the, in the, in the back of a truck. And when they came into the church, they're armed, and nobody in the church did anything. Nobody said anything or did anything. They just took me out, hauled me down, and they went down the road a little way. They took me out of the back of the truck, put me in a box, screwed the lid on the box, dropped it down to the ground, and buried me alive. Um, and I, and I had I dreamed this, and and I woke up and I wrote it down and I prayed about it, and it was kind of freaky, you know. I mean, it was just a freaky thing, and I. Ask one of my friends about it, or whatever, and you know, one guy had somewhere that was kind of near that thing, but it, just none of them really registered me as a good interpretation of this thing, you know. And then about, I prayed about it and prayed about it, and it was probably a month later. I start, I picked this dream up right where we left off. I'm down the ground now. In the first dream, when they put me in there, just before I woke up, I was like, I was saying to myself, I was real calm. And I was saying, well, it's not exactly the way I thought I would die. But I guess everybody has to die. I go, at least it won't hurt because you'll just get tired and go to sleep if you can just stay calm. And uh, and then I tried to sing. I was trying to sing some songs, but I could they wouldn't come out. I mean, I couldn't get the, uh, my voice wouldn't sing. It was, they just came out all messed up, you know. And then that's when I woke up. So the second time when I had this dream, and I'm in this, I'm in the same spot. And uh, I took up. I started, it was this weird cadence to my voice, right? And I wasn't, I, I wasn't seeing, like we think about worship everything. I didn't worship. I went into some kind of intercessory prayer where it had a cadence, you know, like, I mean, it was really an interesting cadence. And I pray, and I, all in, in, in this prayer, I started praying for these guys that put me in the ground, that God would open their eyes and wake them up. I mean, it was just really incredible stuff, right? Yes. And and the next thing I know, they dug me up out of the ground, took me out of that box. I ministered to them for a little bit, and then I was just taken away by the Holy Spirit in a snap of a second to something like that. And I was like, it just it blew my mind. And I think that's the kind of stuff we're going to be seeing in the near future. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was going to 
tell you the, the interpretation, and I believe that. I believe tremendous persecution is coming, but I saw, also believe tremendous miracles are coming. Now, my grandparents and my father, uh, they went through a concentration camp in China. They had an opportunity to flee and escape. My grandfather, an Assembly of God minister, missionary for 30 years, the first one in northern China, and uh, became the district superintendent over there, and and they could have escaped. Many of them did. Many many missionaries from cross denominations. Uh, they said, "You got to get out. You're all going to be arrested, put in concentration camps." And most of them left. But my grandfather uh, was in it for the right cause. He was he was really uh, serving the Lord intimately to the death. And he says, "No, I'm staying with the church in China." And they said, don't you realize, uh, Harold Hansen, Reverend Hansen, you're going you're gonna to be imprisoned. Uh, your whole family is going to be in prison, your wife, your children, your daughters, your son. And he says, God told me to stay with the church. And they were imprisoned. And um, uh, my uncle, who was a pastor, was uh, shot in the head and killed for not denying Christ. And then uh, uh, they, uh, many missionaries, different ones, uh, were tortured and, and buried alive. And, and my family was tortured. And, uh, but again, uh, so many miracles they could tell you about. And God brought them out. And again, he, he did no harm and, and no injustice to, to my uncle because my uncle was immediately promoted for uh, you know, eternal life. But I, I come from that heritage where now I've watched that type of faith and I live by faith. And I could tell you the last 35 years of miracles that I would have never seen if not for that intimacy with the Lord. And we're going back, I believe, Don, to the time of true miracles, the time of Ananias and Sapphira. I'll tell you, the church is getting ready for the greatest move of the supernatural it has ever seen. Don? Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's, uh, I, for the last three years, I think, or so, I've really prayed to the Lord about why we don't see more miracles. You know, we claim to have most faith ever and and that. And the Lord walked me through multiple things. But the biggest thing that he shared with me is until two two things he said to me that are very important. Until my The first thing is about humility. He said that, you know, in order to walk in the power of the miraculous, you have to be humble. You can't take the credit for yourself. You can't raise up your ministry statuses or whatever based on there's a humility that refuses to do that. There's a level of humility that's required. And humility has a, is, a, is a powerful level of honesty is what it really is. That, that gives, you know, understands what's going on, that we're, we're just a conduit of what God's doing. And then the only, the way you open that conduit up is through, the humility of repentance. You repent before God and you remove all the stuff that stands between you and him because all the little things of the flesh that are left out there, they latch on to the power of the, of the miraculous and then move you away from the center of what's really going on and actually move you into yourself. And uh, then we start taking it upon ourselves or whatever. And we've seen that happen many, many times. And so, we're moving into a time that we're not only going to see the greatest miraculous move of God, but it'll be a time where God will be able to be God and nobody will be trying to take his, to take his glory or his credit from him. We'll, let, we'll just let him be who he is and we'll remain who we are. So it's a very, I think it's a very powerful, powerful thing to understand that 
that we are what stands in the way of the miraculous. It's not that God God wants to do it more than we'll ever want to do it. But he's got to find people who he can do it through, um, who don't get, you know, full of themselves about what God's doing through them and begin to elevate themselves. You know, we talk about giving God all the glory, but we do that at the end after we take a whole, we take 99% of the glory for ourselves and we want to make sure all glory goes to God now. And uh, that's not necessarily, I mean, when we look at it, I mean, I just always wonder, when we look at it, you know, what it looks like, what it looks like when God looks at it, what's he see? Uh, but anyway, it's, it's, it's really about humility. Well, I totally, um, totally agree with you. It, it, it's all about humility. If we get out of the way, then God works through us, the Holy Spirit. And, and that's absolutely. what I learned years ago when I repented. It took me five years to forgive a man that was guilty of, of, of raping um, first wife. Uh, she was growing up constantly and, and took me five years. But when I finally repented, to God and him for hatred. Then I had my first supernatural dream because I got out of the way and God's been using me around the world ever since, since 1985. I had to get out of the way, Don, and then God right. could use me. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. This is uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, my special guest, Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. And if you're in the area, please visit his church, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois, Apostle Don Beasley. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.